Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monidelix. Today, my guest is Darst Coin, which is a person that helped me a lot learning about Bitcoin. And I met Darth Coin in the Simply Bitcoin podcast Telegram group. So I recommend you also to follow Simply Bitcoin and also to join the Telegram group if you want to keep update about Bitcoin and what's going on in the world. So with that being said, welcome, Darth. How are you? Fine. I'm really excited to be on your podcast and I'm really grateful that we can talk because we can open more minds and open more paths to the Bitcoin path. Yes. Thank you very much for joining me. It's very important to educate people about Bitcoin. And I get a lot of questions from Salvadorian that want to learn about Bitcoin. They don't know where to start. And your content, your Substack, your blog has been very, very useful for me in learning more and deepening my understanding of Bitcoin. So I want to ask you, first of all, how did you get into Bitcoin? When did you get into Bitcoin? What was your <laughs> moment? Okay. First of all, I'm 24-7 available for anybody that wants to learn about Bitcoin. Everybody can call me and I will be on Telegram all the time. No problem. My time now is dedicated to Bitcoin. I'm retired on Bitcoin and all my time is teaching people. That's all. So coming back to your question, I was in 2012 going to buy some beers with just 20 bucks in my pocket. And I met a friend, an old friend, and he told me, hey, man. Well, how are you? Fine, I'm just going to buy some beers. And he said, okay, don't go to buy beers. I will give you something better. And I said, I was intrigued. He started talking about Bitcoin and I end up buying one Bitcoin with 20 bucks. And I went home and my wife asked me, where are the beers? And I said, I just drink them with my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> and from that moment, I never, never stopped reading about Bitcoin and learning. Every Wow. Never. This is the whole truth. Wow. So it was a pretty serendipitous moment. Like, how did your friend find out about Bitcoin? He was mining with some computers, uh, with some GPUs also. And he showed me some pages, hey, go read this stuff. And my first thing uh, that I read was the Bitcoin papers when I went home. First time I was very intrigued about those, those papers. First of all, my background is IT systems. So I was working 25 plus years in IT systems. So for me, it was quite easy to understand what was in those papers. I read them many times until I learned. But my first aha moment, like you said, was, man, this is f***ing the banks. And for me, that was the starting point because I was focused to have to the banks and stuff like that. So yes, I start reading, I start learning more and more stuff. Many years, I was just a guy that was on forums and stuff like that, also on Bitcoin Talk, but I was never posting and wasn't active online, let's say. But after 2019, when I start running my lightning notes and stuff like that with a lot of knowledge, then I decided, okay, this is the moment when I have to help more people to get into this. And in 2020, when I saw more people jumping in umbral nodes and stuff like that. I saw that they are desperate to know more information about how to run a node and stuff like that. So I jump in and create more guides and help them in telegram groups and forums and stuff like that. Because I realized that, okay, I have a lot of knowledge in all these 10 plus years in Bitcoin, but I never put it in practice for these people. And these people just need it. Until then, yes, I help some friends with, with their businesses and merchants and stuff like that, but never with a lot of 
of new users, let's say. So yes, I started writing a lot of guides and I quit uh, my work. I was a freelancer until then, offering uh, IT consultancy. And I said, I will just leave uh, off my Bitcoins that I accumulated these years and will just help people. That's all. This is all I do all days from morning until I go to sleep. Wow. I can sense, I can feel like the passion that you have about it. And also I have tasted a little bit the anger against the banking system. Would you like to talk about that part? What else? You can ask me anything you want. I have nothing to hide in this. Only my face for the moment. I will show my face soon when my citadel will be ready. Wow. <laughs> okay, man, I love that. What was your like experience with the banking system? That something happened that specifically make you realize that the banking system is bad, is corrupt, is actually keeping us slave? Okay, this is going further into history. When I was young and I was living in a communist regime, I lived 20 years all my youth in a communist regime. So from when I was a kid, I was fighting the regime all my life. And yes, sometime in my life, I decided to left the country and went to another one, hoping that in the brackets, capitalist world will show me the right path. But I quickly realized that there is no capitalism in this world. Now, it's just a socialist way to present uh, another fake world, let's say like that. But true capitalist, there is no place in this world. So yes, I was trying to make my way in this life and IT was helping me. But then working with banks and stuff like that create this anger against the fiat system. And working also like a freelancer helped me a lot to be a bit out of the system, let's say like that. Then when I found out about Bitcoin, that was my eureka moment. And I said, whoa, this is a game changer because I can be totally independent of the state, of the fiat system, of the banks, and I can be in my own bank. Then I start digging, digging, learning, learning all the solutions. I tested almost all the wallets, all the solutions, all the nodes, all these 10 years every day and understand them how it works. Many times I was helping also the developers to stay in contact with them and everything. For me, Bitcoin was uh, seeing the light through the tunnel. But yes, Bitcoin is not a perfect solution and it's not the final solution. People have to understand that Bitcoin is only the financial sovereignty. We need more sovereignty than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is offering you just a part. It's just the part that can help you step outside of the system. So you are not depending too much of this because when each individual will be sovereign, then will be freedom. Until then, there is not. I'm saying that because I lived in a tyrannical regime. I know what is to live that day to day. What we are seeing today it's just the beginning of what I was living those 20 years. I'm seeing some patterns in what's happening right now in the world. It's very scary where this is leading, or at least where history taught us this will lead us. And to touch on a point that I really agree with, when you say there's no capitalism, there's no free markets, people think that America, the United States, there's free market and it's a capitalistic country. While that is absolutely not true, everything is manipulated by a central entity, by the central authority, even the value of money and the liquidity is manipulated and all signals are extorted. So there's no capitalism. There's no exactly. When the money are controlled by the state, there is no free market. Simple like that. Like Jimmy Song said in his famous article, Fiat delenda est. That's all. 
once we get rid of the fiat money, we are free. Then we can start a real free market capitalism. Yeah, and there is this quote, I don't remember where did I hear it, that says that capitalism is what happens naturally to people, to society, if people are left alone. Something along those lines. Exactly. Because when individuals can do commerce between them, peer-to-peer, then it's free market. There is no intervention from a state. Then everything will flourish. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that the government, with all different regulations, with all different kinds of taxation, with all different rules that they impose on their population in the sector of commerce or in any industry, they are indeed manipulating the market and telling the market what to do. So there's not really freedom. Like There is a little bit of margin for movement, but that is not what a free market is. There's no capitalism. And a lot of people... Of course, I have a bad idea about capitalism, first, because they have not studied it, because in the fiat universities, all they teach is uh, Keynesian garbage, right? And I'm sure you're familiar with that. And people just have no idea what is going on, and they're just so plugged deep into the matrix. And it's very hard sometimes to make them understand that Bitcoin might be the first and, as of now, probably the most powerful tool to start getting out of the system. So I wanted to ask you, what is the most important feature of Bitcoin? What is the one thing that Bitcoin does that uh, you think is crucial to the success of Bitcoin or to human freedom? Okay, not sure if you already read my Substack. My first post was about the 21 reasons why Bitcoin will conquer the world. So it's about that it's offering a way that individuals can trade peer-to-peer, without any intervention, without any regulation, without any approval, anytime, instantly. It's not about the value of the Bitcoin. It's not about the investment. It's about the freedom that it's offering. That's all. Once you have freedom, you have everything you want in your life. I'm telling you because I was deprived of my freedom many times in my life, and I know how is it. When you don't have freedom, you don't have nothing to lose. You will fight for your life with all your soul. That's why today in the Western world, they don't know what means the freedom word. Freedom means when you have more responsibility for yourself and for your actions, that you have more freedom. When you have less responsibility, you have less freedom. I noticed that some people are afraid of freedom. Some people are not ready exactly. for freedom. That's what scares me. It's exactly like that. Yeah. Because a lot of people like to be told what to do, like to have this illusion of safety. And receive a paycheck from the government that is just paying them to stay at home and do nothing. That's wrong. That was happening in the communist regime too. They were paying you just to stay and do nothing. That's wrong for society. That's wrong for humans because humans need purpose. Humans need to be productive. Like you just destroy people's personality in my mind when they just receive money and don't have to fight for it. They don't have to work for it, you know? And it just kills the human soul, in my opinion. It's it's very sad. Innovation. Yeah. You are paid to be nothing. (laughs) Exactly. I like that. Yes. You are paid to be nothing. Exactly. Instead of affirming yourself and who you are in the world, you are exactly paid to be nothing. Wow. It's very profound. I never saw it like that. It's a, (laughs) wow. So, okay. Bitcoin. 
As you said, Bitcoin is a tool that let us exchange value peer-to-peer without an intermediary. So we don't need the approval of the bank. We don't need the approval of MasterCard. We don't need the approval of any government with Bitcoin. I can send money to you or to anybody. I can send value borderless everywhere in the world and nobody can say a word. A government cannot stop me. A bank cannot stop me. So that is extremely powerful. And a lot of people, as you said, they still think, oh, Bitcoin is an investment. (laughs) Bitcoin uh, (laughs) is going to go up in value. No, no, no. The fact that Bitcoin is or not an investment, that's the least important thing about Bitcoin, as you said. What do you tell to these people to make them understand why Bitcoin is so important? What is your uh, orange peeling strategy with no coiners? First of all, they have to take their time. It takes just 10 minutes to read the nine pages of the Bitcoin papers. Yes, some parts are not very... Digestible. Mm, exactly, digestible. You need to have a bit of technical background to understand them. That's why in my Substack blog, I start with those two posts about the 21 reasons why Bitcoin will save the world and the Bitcoin commandments. I start this blog writing in layman words, let's say like everybody can understand it. I tried not to insert too much technical terms and stuff like that. So for any no-coiner out there, I will just ask one simple question. If central banks and government can print shit tons of money, why do we still pay taxes? Oh my God, yes. That's actually one of my favorite. And from this, we can start talking one or two days. (laughs) Yes. Because this question is the base of everything. They start questioning and questioning and questioning more. And then we arrive to Bitcoin properties that is permissionless. It's be your own bank. It's open source. It's always available. It's uncensorable, unconfiscable. It's property. It's limited to 21 million. That is the most important thing. The humanity never encounter something like this, that it's limited in existence. Still, many people do not understand this. Let me ask you, because I have this conversation with uh, family and friends and I tell them, hey, if the government can print money, why do we have to pay taxes? So how how do you answer to people? I'm going to play the no-coiner and I'm going to ask you, like, how do you explain it to me? You're going to explain to me, like you ask me, okay, uh, Francesco, if the government can print money, why do we pay taxes? And I tell you, mm, I don't know why. doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, just buy a printer and start printing money and see what happens. With Bitcoin, you can do that, but you will need a lot of power to print those Bitcoins. And that means you will share that power with everybody else. And there'll be a race for that. Exactly. Printing is mining, actually. That does. But another thing that most of the normies and no corners still don't know that Bitcoin, it's energy. It's pure energy. What you are doing, buying or storing or holding Bitcoins, it's you are storing your future need for energy in something valuable that you can use it anytime you want. But what we are doing as human beings every day, this is what we are doing every day, looking for energy in food, in work, in buying stuff, 
thinking that, okay, we are storing with this value some energy. You are working because you need to eat. That food means energy. So just by mining Bitcoin or buying it or earning it and storing it in, in your wallet, you are just storing energy for future use. That means is a game changer totally for humanity because people from the consumerist thinking, we are going to saving money thinking mentality. Yeah, We will spend this very valuable energy stored in Bitcoin only when we need it. We will not buying stupid stuff. That's the whole point. And that's why many people still don't understand Bitcoin, because their mind is trained to be in a consumerist world, that they have free money spent now, tomorrow, on whatever shitty thing, and don't think about next year or next decade, how your kids would live in that world. That's the whole point. Bitcoin eats energy. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that part. And that's kind of hard because, as you said, we are programmed to think in, in dollars or in fiat. And we are programmed to expect that the value of it will go down. So we better use it and buy things that we don't need and pollute the environment and consume resources of the world without the necessity of it. So it sounds to me that Bitcoin is going to also help with uh, saving the planet. <laughs> exactly. I will give you a simple example with my wife. Yeah. So in all these 10 years in Bitcoin Landia, I was trying to explain her about Bitcoin and savings and stuff like that. She's a woman. So naturally, she will be inclined to spend all the money she earned. We all know that. Yeah. So every time when she said, okay, uh, darling, we need to buy a new sofa. And I said, fuck the sofa, buy Bitcoin, for God's sake. <laughs> why, why do I need a new sofa? <laughs> because I can sit perfectly in what I have right now or buy a new, I don't know, appliances in, in the house and stuff like that. No, buy stuff exactly only when you need it, when you really don't have it or it's really, really necessary to buy them. Not just spend on stupid stuff without being necessary. That's all. And after... Many years, she start understanding. Now she's holding in Bitcoin. That's all. Right. She's a Bitcoiner. Okay, <laughs> Not like me, but <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, it took many times until she understand me. I was really crazy. Even now, all my family call me crazy and stuff like that. And I don't care. I don't give a shit. Okay. Told them, have fun staying poor. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Did also your wife lived in a communist regime at some point or she didn't? Like yes. she, so she had that experience too? Yes. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, when she touched the consumerism world, when mm. all the banks gave her free credits and free money, yeah, she was happy. Okay, let's spend. Let's go to holidays. Let's go. And I said, no, I don't want to go to the holidays. I prefer to take my tent and just camp in the woods. I will spend less money and I will save in Bitcoin. And I will be much happier than spending... Thousands and thousands of money in a five-star hotel in the island or something like that. I don't care. No, no. I'm really happy where I am. 
Yeah, and you can stay more in touch with nature also this way, and really exactly connected to the planet. Uh, to exactly, it's very important to be healthy mentally. I think. <laughs> very good point because, on my mind, from where I moved in 2012, I moved where I'm living now, and in, in the middle of the mountains, and I notice a really really important change in my life and also in, in my mind. But the way I'm thinking, my mind was open a lot after I moved from big city. I don't want to live anymore in a big city. That's why I'm, I'm building now my citadel deep into the mountains. I had a similar experience. I cannot live in a city anymore. Like now I am surrounded by nature and it's very healing. And Exactly. Uh, it's healing. And also like breathing fresh air, you know, and see the, all these trees and the greens and or hearing the ocean. If you're close to the ocean, it's just so powerful. Also the people. I have here more cows than people. And people are very, very friendly and stuff like that. So it's not like in a big city you know, that where everybody at any moment will kill you for a bottle of water. <laughs> I just imagine three days without electricity in a big city. Yeah, that will be a zombie movie. <laughs> Did you see what is up in France? Yes. It's crazy. Yes, my cousin is there. Well, I've seen some uh, videos of people fighting and violence. Uh, for people that don't know that are watching this, they are rationing fuel in France. So you can only access a little bit of fuel. You can go anywhere. I've seen even uh, police cars have to be pushed by people. It's just It's all by design. All this stuff. We are saying it's a plan from many, many years ago, and they just want to see people revolting so they can implement more tyrannical measures. That's the whole point. People are suffering, but the whole point in all this craziness and clown world stay in the willing of people to say no. It's just one word. Say no. I do not consent. I do not consent to be governed. Who is the government? Nobody is asking important questions. Who is the government? And who is the people? Who created the government? Interesting. Who is in control of the government? But yeah, people like to revolt, to protest. But all these are useless. You totally useless. I'm telling you because I was living in a communist regime and I know that Everything that you protest, it's useless. No, you just have to say, no, I do not consent. They cannot do anything against you. If you just say this, I do not consent. That's all. You don't have to protest. You don't have to put fire. You don't have to break things or stuff like that. No, just like that. I was arrested in the COVID uh, time and stuff like that. I was arrested. And I said, I do not consent. They put me in front of the judge. And I said, who are you? From where is your authority over me? I'm a living man. And they let me alone. I just go home. People are not questioning the authority and the jurisdiction. That's the whole point. They are just obeying it. And this is making the things worse and worse. Yeah, it is. Again, Sorry, I'm going on on this path. This is another rabbit hole. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's the only thing that I'm going to say about that is that it's getting harder and harder to think that these people on top are so stupid to have created all these cows around the world when the solutions are incredibly easy. And what I tell to people that are still deeply plugged into the matrix is that, okay, you either 
are governed by people that are stupid or people that are obviously corrupt. And does that doesn't worry you at all? Are you happy being controlled, governed, ruled, enslaved by people that are either stupid or corrupt? That's the true only option left at this point if you see what's happening in the world. There's no any other explanation. People don't understand. They're just so attached to the matrix. It was a Morpheus that said to Neo in the movie. It's just scary. And it seems to me like Bitcoin can help us because there is almost no way to fight the system. The only way is to step out of the system and Bitcoin give us that opportunity. What do you think? Yes. Bitcoin, it's the door. It's the exit door. But it's not enough. Some people will use it like an instrument to gain more more wealth or more influence or more position in the society. I don't see it like that. For me, Bitcoin, it's simply money and freedom. I don't care if Bitcoin will go to $1 or will go to $1 million. I don't care about this. Yes, I have a good amount. But that doesn't matter. Once I will see that this world will be free, I will donate all my Bitcoins. I don't care about those. I will create a faucet and I will give it to all the people. Important thing is that people will use it as money and start trading peer-to-peer. That's all. Don't use any intermediary. Don't give them your custody of your Bitcoins. The weakest point where Bitcoin can be attacked is the custody. We are seeing today many banks that are threatened by the central bank digital currencies. So the commercial banks, they are seeing in in a position that they will be obsolete. So what they are doing, they are focusing on offering Bitcoin accounts or other crypto shitcoins, stuff like that, because they see that this is the future. But this is going, okay, this option can save them, but will increase a more control over the people because governments will impose control over these crypto banks. They will not let them to operate in, in the end. So the solution is, fuck all the banks. Just use Bitcoin. That's all. Ignore absolutely all the rest. I'm telling this to many people. And yeah, many of them will call me crazy. I don't care. I'm following my path. I find my path and I'm stick with that path. Who wants to listen to me? Fine. Who doesn't want me? Have fun staying poor. For me, Bitcoin is freedom. That's total freedom. And I'm adding to this mm-hmm. that following Bitcoin and the natural law, the natural law, it's offering you the other step that you can get out from the system. Okay, let's go back. I was in 2012, something like that, or before. And I was always fighting the system and trying to be an outsider. Let's say the society called me outsider because I don't want to be in the system. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, I just want to be free. That's all. So I was looking for solutions and stuff like that. And when I found Bitcoin... I saw it like an exit point, but it was not enough for me. I said, okay, I can still trade with other peers, peer-to-peer with Bitcoin. And many years I was using it like that, but I'm still using a government ID. I'm still their slave. I'm still 
forced to pay taxes or something like that. So I was thinking, no, this is not enough. So I start digging, I start learning, I start reading a lot of books and stuff like that. Then I found that there is a way to step out using the natural law. And my sister also, it's, it's a lawyer. And I ask her. And when I mentioned natural law, he just hang up on me and he said, never ask me again about this. That was really intriguing me. So I start digging even more. So even my own blood, my own sister telling me that, that was really, really disturbing. From that moment, she never talked to me again. And then I found that, that all the lawyers, all attorneys and stuff like that, they are swearing to the bar. So they cannot talk about these things. They're practically the enemies of the free world. I'm, I'm very serious about this. Interesting. I'm talking about my own sister. And she was telling me that never talk about this again with me because I cannot talk and I don't want to talk with you about this. If it was something bullshit or something like that, she would talk to me, okay, this is crazy. This is shit. Is is not that? But when I hear that, so I start reading more and more. Then I found out that the lawyers are swearing oath to the bar, and the bar it's a secret society. It's a secret society, and all the governments are corporations. We are all slaves. How we are slaves because we are giving our consent. That's all. We are going back to the consent. And Bitcoin is coming to help this. Until then, until 2008, yes, you can, let's say, follow the natural law, the contract law, the trust law, and stuff like that. But you still depend on fiat money. You still depend on banks. You don't have a financial instrument, a sovereign financial instrument like Bitcoin to get out totally from the system. So. All the time you are trying to get out, you come back because you have to use a bank and fiat money. But from 2008, 2009, things are totally different because right now, the whole point where the system is controlling the people was the fiat money, the banks. And Bitcoin changed totally. It's a game changer because once you separate money from the state, yes, the individual have the power in his hands. So what do you think about uh, Bukele and El Salvador? Like, uh, it seems to me counterproductive for a politician or someone in a position of power to give uh, something like Bitcoin, to give money that cannot be controlled to its people. Like, what are your thoughts on that or what's going on here in El Salvador? Yes, I was thinking about this question and because I was studying also a lot of history and, and about this. And mm -hmm. Also, I, I speak Spanish. I read a lot in Spanish. And I know that all the countries in, in uh, Latin America was kind of, uh, let's say, slavery system. And these people, they're very used to listen to a leader, to something that is above them. Yeah, but Practically, they are slaves in, in thinking. So this change cannot be done in a natural way, like in the Western world, where people can still think freely. Yeah, Those people 
will not make this step. Okay, let's uh, let's embrace Bitcoin and fuck the government. No, no, you will not see this mentality in, in the Latin America. They are very afraid of the governments because this is coming from centuries of slavery and control from the royals and stuff like that. So it's about mentalists, but I don't like any politician. Let's be clear. For me, Bukele is a politician, but I think he's a rebel. From the politician class, he's the rebel. He saw that the only way to free the people is to force them to embrace the freedom. Because those people will never embrace naturally freedom. Because they don't know what is freedom. So his way was a political way to introduce Bitcoin into society. Let's say forcibly way with the law. Yeah, it's a law. It's a force policy. That's all. But this will force people to think freely. Those days that they still have brains to think freely. Because no, not everybody will take this like a invitation to freedom. Let's say like that. It's a good thing. It's a start. And I hope that we'll continue with more measures to help people. In my opinion, it was a good intention, but wrong execution. Everything must start with good education. These people in El Salvador have no idea about how Bitcoin works and what is it. So... Just receiving this law and forcibly using, okay, no, it's not forcibly, but anyway, they are put in, in a place, in a position that they have to learn and they have to make an effort to understand how Bitcoin works. It's not a good way because it is creating a lot of confusion uh, for them. Yes, I know there are still many companies, many groups that are doing uh, a lot of uh, education classes in El Salvador. I was invited also to go there, give uh, education. I'm still busy with my citadel. <laughs> but yes, it's very welcome to see that education, it's a very important thing in, in El Salvador. And this should be more focused from the government, uh, let's say. If they already create this law, they should continue with education. So the other day I was talking to James from Nikki and James, uh, their YouTube channel. They're good friends of mine at this point. We live close. And we were talking about the same thing that you're saying, that the educational part and why the government is not giving this Bitcoin education, but education is coming from a grassroots movement, like uh, Mi Primer Bitcoin, for instance. And Exactly. And what exactly. happened is that we think, uh, James thinks, that is because... Uh, People here don't trust the government. So if the government was going to do this education directly, people would have not uh, trust uh, Bitcoin, you know, by association. And so this could have uh, damaged the Bitcoin acceptance. And uh, yeah. I think that might be the reason why Bukele directly forced this Bitcoin on people, even if people they still have the option of using the dollar. And then he took the government out of Bitcoin in a certain way and is letting the people from the ground up to educate about Bitcoin. Could be, but another move uh, from the government, I, I was expecting to see like, uh, okay, we bought whatever Bitcoin or let's say we have uh, some millions and we will, like I said, that example, why Bukele built that animal hospital instead of a school for teaching Bitcoin? 
okay, don't do it, do the program from the government, but at least, okay, we will fund any company or group or whatever external group from government will fund this for Bitcoin education. We will just provide the money or we just provide the school or the building or the place or whatever, or the means or stuff like that. We will not be uh, involved, but we are just providing the means. Yeah. yeah, that will be also a move because for what you are implementing a new financial system if you are not helping the people to understand it, you are just keeping them in the dark. Let's be honest. Not every people in that country are understanding Bitcoin. They're normal, uneducated people. We know that. Yeah, I can confirm that. But I need to add to that, that when I teach Bitcoin to people here, they are a lot more receptive than when I was talking about Bitcoin in the United States. This is really exciting. People here see first the necessity or the utility because people here to go to a bank, they might have to hop on a little truck or a little chicken bus, I think. They yeah. them. Go one hour. Exactly. And wait the- These people need Bitcoin. So they understand, why. Well, oh, now with Bitcoin, I don't have to go to the bank to pay my electricity bill. I don't have to waste three hours a month to drive back and forth. Yeah. I can just pay from my phone or I can accept money for selling coconuts or whatever on my phone. They don't need the banks anymore, which, uh, by the way, they don't even have that much access to the banking system here. On the other side, in the United States or in Europe, people say, okay, Bitcoin is going to go up in value, investment. They don't really understand why it's yeah. important until they're going to start having their bank account frozen. I think at that point, people will understand, <laughs> ah, that's why Bitcoin is useful. Unfortunately, a lot of people will learn the hard way. And to be quite honest, was also my way of learning, you know? So uh, to understanding, okay, now I understand why I need to know your coins, not your Bitcoin, you know, the expression. Yeah. It took me some time to understand it and uh, to stop trusting the institutions, corporations, or any central authorities, you know? And sadly, I think that's how most people will learn. I can talk from my own experience. In, uh, for example, I worked to a lot of years uh, like a freelancer, and I had a client from Australia. So I'm not from Australia, I'm from Europe. So I was working for that company, and I said, okay, but I would like you to pay me in Bitcoin. And they said, yeah, we heard about that, but uh, we don't know, we don't have. And okay, I will teach you free. And if you pay me in Bitcoin, I will give you 10% discount for all my services if you pay me in Bitcoin. If you pay me through the bank transfer, I will charge you 10% more. That's all, because it's a risk for me to use the banking system and inflation and stuff like that. And I said, okay, we'll think about this. And in one week, they called me again and I said, okay, we agree. And first, we will start with you teaching our financial uh, department how to buy, store, and manage Bitcoins. And they start like that. And now they are thanking me after many years and they say all their reserves Long before Michael Seller started having uh, reserves, (laughs) these people were storing Bitcoins. They were emptying their banks and buying Bitcoins. And they start paying me. They start paying other employees. They start paying other suppliers and stuff like that. This is how you start the Bitcoin circular economy, teaching them, educating them, and showing them the path. And... 
I was very fine. They, I just provide the Bitcoin address. They send me the payment and done. And they were very happy with that. But yes, in 2007, I decided to send to all my clients a letter. And I said, from now on, you pay me in Bitcoin. If you still want to pay me in fiat, you will have to pay me through a bit wage. It's a very good service that you can, if you still have clients that are paying you in fiat, they can still pay in a bank account, but you receive directly Bitcoin. And I was very happy. But in time, I was getting rid of all clients that were still still paying in fiat. I said, okay, I cannot accept any more fiat. That's all. You want to go on the Bitcoin path? I will teach you free of charge. I will dedicate all my time for that. But I will not accept any more fiat. Yes, I lost some clients. I don't care. Okay. Important is that I had from many clients, half of them, they are using Bitcoin now. And they are very quiet companies. Nobody knows about them, but they are still accumulating Bitcoin. People should be aware of this. In, in all these 10 plus years, I was onboarding a lot of companies, merchants, individuals, and stuff like that. I think thousands of people I was onboarding. Just like that. Educating people directly. Every Bitcoiner should do this. Everybody around him, small merchant, like we say, the, the guy that is selling bread or pupusas, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what we do here. We orange peel everybody that we talk with, you know. That's, that's also why I'm learning Spanish, but it's pretty funny to teach people here about Bitcoin, actually. It's a, it's a good activity. It's good for the spirit, you know, especially because here people listen a little bit more than they used to in the United States. And, but what do you think about KYC Bitcoin? Because if you get paid through a bit wage, those Bitcoins are going to be, they're going to have their KYC, right? They're going to know where this Bitcoin Yes, from. Bitwedge, it's using like, like many others, it's using uh, KC, but it's a, let's say, light KC. It's not so invasive like others, yeah? But still, a KC, it's a KC. That means you are giving up data. We don't know where is going that data. Your face, your ideas, your life, because right now you, you have to present a lot of documents just for that. It's not just uh, an email and an ID. There are more than that. But we have to limit this. It's it's not about that the government will go after these companies that are doing KC over you. No. The thing is that this KC data is leaked. Just look at Celsius, what happened two days ago. That's the whole, the biggest threat that is out there because your data is in the hands of many people, many other people, and they will use it. So that data should not be in the first place. I don't give a shit if the government knows uh, that I received Bitcoins or I bought two Bitcoins from an exchange. I don't really give a shit. Those coins, I will pass them through many other wallets to Lightning or whatever. And even if they come to, to me and ask, hey, you bought some Bitcoins in exchange, Bitstamp or whatever. And I said, and who the fuck are you to ask me about my own money? I don't give a shit. I do not consent to give you any information about that. Fuck you, I will say. That's all. And I received a letter like that. They asked me, hey, you have to declare the Bitcoins that you bought. And I said, I don't have contract with you. I do not recognize your request. Fuck you. I just send it back. That's all. 
That's all you have to do. Do not consent. Be governed means you consent. So I do not consent. So they cannot take my bitcoins without my consent. That's all. People should understand this. You own the bitcoins in your own wallet. They cannot do absolutely anything against you. They ask you for taxes. Just send it back and say, I do not have contract. Fuck you. That's all. It's very powerful what you say, that the government cannot take my Bitcoin unless I consent to it. Because if you hold your Bitcoin in your wallet, if you have the keys, the government can do anything. You know, Unless they come and torture you, yeah. if they want to go that route. But even at that point, uh, the extreme so case... If a government is coming to torture you, what is that government? It's just a theft, no? So yes, where we are going, no? That's the logical conclusion. We are not saying anything that doesn't make sense, you know, but some people cannot accept uh, this reality because they have just been brainwashed and they just have a distorted perception of reality and their relationship with a government. But I think but Bitcoin gives me hope, at least. Bitcoin is definitely the first step to get people out of the matrix. Let me ask you something, Darth. So a lot of people that follow me, they want to learn about Bitcoin. So what would be your first step for them? What would you tell them where to start from? Like, for instance, I tell them, get some Bitcoin. So once you have it on your phone, you get curious, your brain starts being active and wants to learn more. So you're going to go through the process because until you own a little bit of Bitcoin, you won't take the time to really dive deep and understand what's going on. The most powerful experience I had with uh, an coiner was not when I told him to buy Bitcoin, but when he was earning them. So I said, okay, I will not telling you from where you can buy it. Because everybody's saying, okay, first step, go to buy from X exchange. No. And I said to that guy, I said, okay, look, I have to pay this bill in fiat. And I said, you pay for me this bill and I will give you Bitcoin in exchange. At the daily rate, let's say. And from that moment, he never stopped paying my bills. That's how I was start living on Bitcoin. And I closed all my bank accounts. I'm living now bankless. I don't have a bank account. Fuck them. Fuck the banks. So with this friend, I start. So he was willing to pay my bills. Then I show him how to earn more Bitcoins. Okay, sell stuff on internet or do work and earn directly Bitcoin because that experience when you receive Bitcoins for something that you did, your work, it's more powerful than you buy it. Buying it, it, it's giving to them the impression that, okay, I'm investing in something that tomorrow will be more valuable and maybe I will sell it for more fiat money. No, I always said, no, don't think like that. Think about the power that you have in your hands tomorrow. Because if you have a, a shit tons of fiat, you will not have power. Because that fiat, anytime the government or the bank can come and grab it from you. And you will not have any right over that fiat money because it's not your money. Just look on the, on the fiat bill, what it's saying. Who is the owner of that bill? It's not saying your name on that one. No, it is the central bank or government or whatever. No, no, people are not looking to those bills. It's saying very clearly, this is property of X bank. 
it's not yours. They can take it any time from you. And then he realized, oh, fuck. So with Bitcoin, I have my own wallet. I am my own bank. So I can fuck the banks. Sorry for these expressions, but I have to say, it's true. It's exactly like that. You are just making them obsolete. And this is why Bitcoin is so hated. That's probably why El Salvador and Bukele became very famous after the Bitcoin law, because then all the other governments and central banks started attacking <laughs> with uh, hit pieces or newspapers, Bukele and El Salvador, you know. If you have heard of the some politicians in the United States being worried about Bukele and Bitcoin of, for the American security, what does that have to, to do with the United States, you know, which is a good question to ask. Uh, yes, it, it's not their damn business. El Salvador is a sovereign country. There is not their damn business. They should not say absolutely anything about this. It's meddling in internal affairs. Fuck off. And I don't like politicians, but I have to say that the message of Bukele at the United Nations meeting was very clear. He was saying very nicely to everybody, a fuck off, leave me alone. <laughs> was exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bukele is definitely a different uh, kind of politician at this point. He's doing things very differently. So we'll see what happens in El Salvador. I am here right now, and uh, I think I'm going to stay here for a long period of time. I am very uh, bullish and positive on what will happen in El Salvador, but with the world going crazy, who knows what's going to happen uh, the next month. Anyway, Darth. Nothing will happen to you in El Salvador. El Salvador will be the best country in the world. Mark my words. In one year from now on, you will remember my words. And in your mind, is it because of the Bitcoin law or because of Bukele or both? None of them. It's because the people. People will wake up and will embrace Bitcoin more and more. Bitcoin is giving them power in their hands. Bukele was just a tool, was just a ramp on to move towards this. And Bukele knows this. He know, really believes that people will start using it and his role will be diminished because there is no need for a politician to push freedom. A politician will just introduce to freedom if he really wants it. Bukele will have a really big role in the Bitcoin city. If he's smart, he will let the politics and will join to the business. And I foresee if he's not elected in the next uh, thing, he will be the mayor of the Bitcoin city. That will be a smart move. And whoever will come after him, he will still be in the good position. Yeah, and in my mind, also the fact that a lot of Bitcoiners are coming here. And uh, the consequence of that is a lot of Bitcoiners are also teaching locals here about Bitcoins. So I think you're right. I think Bukele kind of triggered this awareness in people and other people are coming here to keep pushing this education about Bitcoin, but most importantly, about financial freedom, meaning not having a lot of money, but being free by the control of financial institutions. So I really like that angle. I never thought about that. <laughs>
I mean, I am here. El Salvador will be, if this trend will continue, El Salvador will be an example for the entire world. First step will be a less government in that country. The government will be diminished in his uh, task and budgets and stuff like that. Will be just an administrative thing. Yeah. Until maybe will be eliminated totally because a Bitcoin world doesn't need a government can govern themselves. Interesting. Yes, many people will not agree with that, but this is going to. Yeah. First step is limiting the government influence. And in the countries where you will see more pushing back from the government is where freedom is not there. El Salvador is a really hope for the entire world. And everybody is looking to that. So you guys there do everything possible to educate more people. And I will push more people, including me, to come to El Salvador and live there. <laughs> wow, that would be awesome. I mean, if you come here, you need to let me go. With your, we, we need to hang out. You know, I would like to meet you in person. <laughs> I will keep you private. I, I Don't worry. I need to take out my mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, whenever you're ready, I, I respect it. Actually, a while ago, my wife and I were thinking, should we go completely anonymous and ghost online or, or not? Which was the other route? Uh, I, will, I will be just a guy living in, in a jungle, in a hammock. That's all. <laughs> I don't need anything else. And just teaching people about Bitcoin in, in small villages and stuff like that. I don't need the uh, palaces and stuff like I mean, that. I don't. There is a lot of need for that. And the Mi Primer Bitcoin also is trying to recruit people. And you speak Spanish, you said, right? Yes. And uh, your blog post where you educate people online is also in Spanish, right? Uh, yes. I was for a while running uh, also a Spanish Telegram group. And I'm in contact with a lot of Spanish people and I'm teaching them, it's mostly merchants. I'm focusing on merchants because merchants are the engine of the economy. For nothing, you are teaching a, a user just to buy Bitcoin or store Bitcoin and not using it. No, the engine is the merchant. When a merchant is accepting or is showing that he's accepting, more people would use it because they will be interested to pay with Bitcoin. And We'll create that circular economy. That merchant will be incentivized to save in Bitcoin instead of saving in a bank. And this is uh, rolling over and, and it's not an easy process. No, this will take years. First, this merchant needs to be educated what is Bitcoin and how to use it, the solutions. And that's why all my guides are focused on solutions for merchants and how they can use it uh, like that. Yeah, I wrote some guides for normal users, but I'm concentrated and mostly on, on merchants. All my work, all day long, I'm talking with merchants. I'm in contact with them. In, in private or email or telegram or chat or Zoom like this directly, or I'm going in person and I'm helping them implement Bitcoin in their businesses. That's all. This should do every Bitcoiner that have a, a base knowledge. They should help another merchants. Darth, I want to thank you for your time. We have been chatting for over an hour and I really appreciate that. And I know you are not on any social media, but you have a blog where people can learn more about Bitcoin and all this that we were talking about today, right? 
Yes, I never used Twitter and I will never use it. I'm only on Telegram and my blog is uh, darkcoin.substack.com. Perfect. I'm going to put a link down below in the description box so people can study your content, which I found very useful. And I want to ask you, before we close our conversation today, is there anything that you would like to make sure you deliver to people that are listening to us right now that they want to learn about Bitcoin? Yes. Smile. Tomorrow will be worse. (laughs) Be, Be optimistic. Bitcoin will save the world. Never forget that. Don't let them to crush you and don't be a slave. Do not consent. That's all. I like that. Do not consent. Very, very powerful. Very powerful. Hey, Darth, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we can record another podcast in the future and we can talk about other things and get more into it. Deep into Anytime you merchant. want. That, that's very, I think it's extremely important to educate people as we talk about today. And that's one of the ways that I'm trying to do to educate people and also, honestly, to educate myself. I'm also learning a lot. There's also a lot that I have to learn still. So I'm aware of that. And I, that's why I'm very grateful to talk with people like you that have been in Bitcoin for a decade at this point. So Lars, thank you very much. Anytime you you need some guidance with your people there in El Salvador and you don't know how to cover some stuff about Bitcoin, ask me anytime. I'm 24-7 available for Bitcoiners. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always uh, message you on our Telegram and you keep sending me content and answers <laughs> for me to learn. So yeah, I can definitely confirm that Darth is very, very useful and is very helpful. Is very ready and willing to help everybody. So Darth, thank you very much for being with me. Everybody, I'm going to put the links for Darth Coin Telegram or uh, his blog post down below in the description box. So make sure to check it out. If you have any question, as always, leave it down below and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Darth, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody.